Welcome to Breaking Bread with Brother B, the podcast dedicated to helping folks know Jesus and His Word by breaking open the bread of life. Now here's your host, Brother B. So glad to have you join me this week. And I want to jump right into today's lesson. We've been uh, talking about different how-to lessons from the Bible and ways to apply uh, the Word of God to our life. But I want to talk to you today about uh, the importance of the truth of the Word of God and treasuring the truths of the Word of God. And so today I want to look at a very familiar portion of Scripture as our text, Proverbs 23, 23. And while you are turning there, uh, let me encourage you to uh, let us know that you're listening to the podcast. Those let me know that you're listening each week, I enter your name in our monthly drawing. Last month, our winner was Brother Ira Williams for our $25 gift card. But if you're listening, you can text uh, 325-440-8767. That's 325-440-8767. Text the word bread and let us know that you listen to this week's podcast. Um, if you've already texted the word bread before, it will already recognize you as a member of our text group. Um, and if you have it, it will ask you for your name and maybe an email address. That's just to help us uh, be able to communicate with you, send inspiration and encouragement uh, outside of just this podcast. But I hope the podcast is a blessing to you. Now, treasuring truth, Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom and instruction, and understanding. Now, we, uh, as a culture, have shifted away from truth. Um, and what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that in this day and age, uh, it is uh, a lot of talk of that there are many paths to God and many truths. And you may hear people use a phrase like, well, my truth is such and such, and I feel that this is the truth, and that is the truth. And we, uh, we've we tried to move into accepting all different religions and all different people, but really, when faced with accepting Christianity, uh, our culture denies that. If you were to have a prayer meeting, uh, a Muslim would be allowed to pray in the name of Allah, and a Buddhist would be allowed to pray in the name of Buddha. Uh, but if you let someone pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, um, they would put a stop to that. And so really, we're not accepting of all people. We're accepting of those people that we feel comfortable with. And unfortunately, the truth and absolute truth, unchanging truth, makes people uncomfortable. We hear a lot of people talk about uh, values and we hold our values dear, but values are just what, just something that people believe in. Uh, a political party may hold as a value uh, that it's okay to abort unborn babies. We, uh, as Christians, do not agree with that, but that's their value. They applaud that. They cheer that. They believe that. We do not need values, but we need virtues, and virtues come from an absolute truth such as the Lord God Almighty 
and his word. He is the standard for how we should live our life. And so we have to move towards, back towards truth. Uh, unfortunately, though, we have shifted away from truth and we've substituted truth with facts. Uh, we think because we have a lot of knowledge that we have a lot of truth. But knowledge and wisdom and understanding is different than truth. Daniel 12 and 4 says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. The Bible tells us here in Daniel in the last days that knowledge should increase. If you were uh, to take all of the knowledge uh, that mankind had gained up until the year uh, 1845, uh, you would have, if you stacked all of that knowledge up, you'd have just a couple of inches in space. Um, and then if you stacked up all of the truth that man had learned up until 1945, uh, you would have uh, about a foot of space. But if you stacked up all of the knowledge that man gained from 1945 to 1975, it would cover the space the size of the Washington Monument. And then from that time until now, you would have infinite, infinite, infinite space because knowledge is just increased and increased. And with the invention of the internet, we have more knowledge at our fingertips than ever before. We have more facts at our fingertips than ever before, but that is not the same as truth. Knowledge and understanding can change. Truth never changes. Whether I understand it or not, truth stays the same. Mathematical truth is the same whether I understand how to do the arithmetic or not. My knowledge of arithmetic and algebra and advanced equations may change, but the truth of those formulas never changes. Truth stays the same. And Satan knows this. That's why his chief tool is to lie, uh, because it is the opposite of truth. Jesus said in John 8 and 44, speaking to the Pharisees, he said, you are of your father, the devil, the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's his chief weapon to lie because it is the opposite of truth. And so we are challenged to uh, prize, first point I want you to get, is we are challenged to prize the truth. Because truth is indispensable. First Timothy 3 and 15 says, But if I tarry long, that thou may knowest how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. The church itself is referred to as truth, and the church is a prized possession bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. It is indispensable, and truth, therefore, is indispensable. We uh, have no greater joy, John tells us in 3 John 1 and 4, than to know that our children would walk in this truth. There is nothing better. There is no inheritance that I could give them be better than to know that they walk in the truth of God's word. Second thing is truth is absolute. It never changes. It's settled forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled. It changes not. 
The truth of God and his word is absolute. And then truth is attainable. John 17, 17, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So he tells us his word is truth. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So his word is truth. Then Jesus is truth. John 16, 13, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but he shall, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the word is truth. Jesus himself is truth. And he is going to come back in the form of another comforter, the form of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that indwells us, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, is the Spirit of truth. And so we attain truth through the Lord Jesus and his word and the power of his spirit. And truth without power, without the power of the spirit, is deadening and depressing. Knowledge without transformation avails nothing. 2 Corinthians 3 and 6 says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The letter of the law killeth a man's spirit, but the Spirit of God, and following the principles of his law, and the spirit in which they are intended, giveth life. When you have the power of the Holy Ghost helping you follow the law, it gives you life. So we are first to prize truth, then we are to purchase the truth. Now, how do we purchase the truth? Well, Jesus says a very familiar portion of scripture in John 8 and 31 through 32, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, we like to talk about uh, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We love to quote that, but we don't very often quote the verse ahead of that, which tells us the key uh, to knowing the truth and that truth making us free. There's some things we have to do. It's a conditional deal. Uh, and so Jesus says, uh, to Jews which believed on him, if you continue my word and you are my disciples indeed, then ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the first thing is we have to believe the truth. We have to be believers in Jesus and his truth. And if we believe in him, we have to continue in the word. And if we continue in the word, we will become a disciple of Christ and if we become a disciple of Christ, then we will know the truth and the truth will make us free. Now, uh, becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus is more than just a verbal assent. He said that they were his disciples indeed, in action. Discipleship is a costly thing. Uh, first, discipleship will cost you time. It takes time. You don't just become a disciple overnight. You don't just decide to become a student of something and you know everything there is to know about it overnight, but it takes time. Uh, take takes uh, maybe months, even years to uh, fully learn 
and become a true disciple of something, especially of the Lord Jesus. I, even myself, I'm still working uh, to become a better disciple. Uh, it will cost you discipline. Now, that's a dirty word, discipline. Uh, discipleship, the root word of disciple, uh, or is discipline. You have to be well-versed in the disciplines of what you're studying. 2 Timothy 4 and 13 says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee the books, but especially the parchments. This is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. The Apostle Paul, who saw the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, who went into the third heavens and had a vision of heaven and came back to earth, who wrote most of the New Testament, he himself, while sitting in prison, writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, I need you to bring a coat to me because it is cold and I'm in pain where I am. Bring me this comfort and also bring the books and the, the especially the parchments. The books are what he used to learn. The parchments are the holy writ, the holy scriptures of God. Even the apostle Paul, one had sacrificed his physical body to great deal uh, to be a disciple, but two recognized that to continue to grow as a disciple, he had to be a student of the word and of books and learning that would help him better understand and better communicate the word. It is costly to be a disciple. It costs you time. It costs you discipline. And, and so Paul recognized he needed to be disciplined and be a student of the word. Uh, what are some reasons we should read and, and be a student? Not just of reading the Bible, but reading books in general uh, to help us be better disciples. Uh, some reasons are, number one, enlightenment. Acts 17 and 28, Paul quotes, he says, For in him we live and move, have our being. I certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So he quotes a poet, a Greek poet, to communicate the word of God. That shows that he was well read. He had read for enlightenment, not just enlightenment for his sake, but enlightenment to help him enlighten others to the truth of God's word. He was able to make it relatable because he had read and was well-versed and their poetry, and their history, and things important to them. We read for enjoyment. Sometimes we just read because we want to read. You should read a good book uh, just for the enjoyment of it. It's good for you. It's better for you than just sitting and watching TV. Uh, the average adult only reads two books in their adult lifetime. That is sad. Get you a good book, something that interests you, and read it, and enjoy it. It will grow your mind. It'll grow your personality. And the more you grow, the better a person you become and the better your family become, the better whatever it is you're leading or doing or involved in will become. We read for enrichment. It helps give us a more fuller understanding of the world around us. It helps us be able to relate to people better. It helps us to be cultured where maybe we wouldn't get to travel and do things. Uh, we can go places in a book that we would never get to go physically and have our life enriched through the power of reading. And then finally, we read because it gives enablement. It enables us. The knowledge that we learn from reading enables us to be able to do everything that God has called us to do because knowledge is 
power. And if you want to have more power, you have to have more knowledge. And to have more knowledge, you have to read. And when you read, make sure what you're reading is truth. And you will know it's truth because I have found that all truth intersects. Because when we know something is true, we know it lines up with the Word of God. It lines up with that spirit of truth. And and we know this is good for us. These are good principles. This is good knowledge. This is good resources that we should have. We read for enlightenment. We read for enjoyment. We read for enrichment. And we read for enablement. And so discipleship is costly. It costs our time. It costs us discipline. Uh, it'll cost you obedience. Uh, James 1, 22, uh, 120, James 1, 21 through 22 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Uh, Matthew 7 and 26 says, And everyone that heareth these things, saith uh, sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So the Word of God tells us very clearly here that it takes obedience. That it's not just enough to be hearers of the or do, uh, hearers of the Word, but we must be doers of the Word. If we don't uh, fulfill the word and obey the word. We're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains came in, the floods went up and the house was washed away. We must obey the truth of the word God. Our lives must be built on those truths. And so discipleship will cost us time. It'll cost us discipline. It'll cost us obedience. And so we are called to prize the truth, purchase truth, and preserve the truth. We must preserve the truth. Titus 1 and 9, holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. We have to be able to exhort, explain the truth, teach the truth, and convince those who would oppose the truth. That's what gainsayers is. Convince those who are in opposition to the truth of God's word. And then Jude 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. There is no other faith, no other truth, no other doctrine than what was once delivered to the saints. And Jude says here, we must earnestly contend for it, stand for it, fight for it, preach it, proclaim it preserve it, and and teach it everywhere that we go. We must guard against those who would deny truth. There are those who, because they can't explain it, they'll just deny it. They'll just pretend like it doesn't exist. We must guard against those who would distort the truth, who would take the truth and try to make it say things that it doesn't say and change it to meet their ideas and what they want the world to look like. We must guard against those who would dilute the truth, who would try to water it down and make it palatable to everyone. We must guard against those who would defile the truth, who would, Romans talks about, they hold the truth in unrighteousness. They're not living right lives, but they want to act like they have the truth. We must guard against all of these people to preserve truth. Uh, 2 Corinthians 
uh, 2.17 says, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. So many people will corrupt the word of God. We are not as them. We speak of Christ Jesus. There are those who will deny, uh, when we talk about truth, often I think of apostolic truth, the, the apostolic message, Acts 2 and 38, repentance, baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus and receiving the Holy Ghost. There are those who will deny the power of the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in tongues. There are those who would distort it and say, well, uh, yes, that happened, but it doesn't happen today. Um, it, it stopped with the apostles. There are those who would delude it, who would say, well, you receive the Holy Spirit, a portion of the Holy Spirit you believe, and some people can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues, but that's not for everybody. And Jesus' name baptism is okay, uh, but you can also be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, or we can do both. We can baptize you in the name of the Father and the name of the Son, which is Jesus, and the name of the Holy Ghost. And thus we have done both, and they dilute the truth. Or, or they defile it, and they just, they know the truth, but they choose to preach something else entirely and defile what they know to be truth. From such we are to turn away. There is one truth when it comes to salvation, and that is you must repent, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and receive the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues. And if there's an absolute truth in salvation, there's an absolute truth for every facet of your life, and you will find it in the Word of God and through the Spirit of Truth helping you understand and gain instruction and wisdom and knowledge of the truths in God's word. And so we are to prize the truth, purchase the truth, preserve the truth, and then finally proclaim the truth. Once you have uh, felt like you have learned and gotten a good hold of the truths in God's word, God's word, we are to share that with everyone we can. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the only way the world is going to find out that he died for them and they can be saved is if you and I take the truths in the word of God and we proclaim them. But we have to make sure that what we're proclaiming to be truth is absolutely 100% truth, straight from the Word of God. That we've not distorted it, we've not diluted it, we've not defiled it, but we are proclaiming the truth of God. For if you believe in Christ and you are a disciple of Him indeed, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you were blessed by this lesson. We would love to have you connect with our church, the Pentecostals of Smyrna, the Church of the Open Door. You can connect with us online at tpos.church or in person at 1301 Plaza Drive, Smyrna, Tennessee. That's 1301 Plaza Drive, Smyrna, Tennessee. And remember, the Lord is good and so are His people.